Welcome to another Bangover Podcast album anniversary episode. It's the best it's going to get. <laughs> Today we're doing the faceless um, Calop. Akodama. Akodama. Okay. Damn it. You told me like 10 times before <laughs> this, but. Oof, we made it past it. All right. <laughs> Akodama. Um, released uh, September 14th, 2006. And uh, it's death metal. It's, yeah, it's uh, we're we're here. Technical death metal. Technical death metal. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah. Hardcore deathcore. <laughs> I, I don't Black know. Metal. These damn damn these genres. Subgenres. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, those I keep trying to tell people those are genres. Those are just words to describe music when someone's like, what does it sound like? You can give them an mm-hmm. idea. It doesn't mean that's who you are as a band. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're but just, no one gets that. You're just trying to give like somebody that like snapshot of what you sound like. Yeah, That exactly. elevator pitch. Yeah. But it's, it's so a, hard. A descriptive yeah. word. It's not who I am as a band. Yeah. How can I possibly just be this one entity when, you know, music, rock and roll, especially started, you know, way back in the day. You know, with just a guitar or two people sitting around playing and just keep going with it and keep adding elements like blues and jazz. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it was really simple in the beginning. And now we're here. Death metal. Yeah. Dude. Most technical riff after riff after riff. I love that song we just played. Uh, again, names, Chris. An autopsy. That should have been yeah. easy for me, but I am re-fucking-tarded. Uh, Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Dude, I can't get enough of that riff. Um, I'm a fucking drummer, and especially when I listen to death metal bands, I really home in. You think I would just home in more, like, on the drums. Like, I do on any other type of music. Uh, but sometimes the guitar riffs are so good, that's all I can yeah. focus on. Like, this entire album, I was listening to the guitars and the bass on certain parts, you know? More than I was listening to the drums or the vocals. They're very clear. Drums and the vocals were kind of like the most basic thing about yeah. this, but everything else, the guitar and the bass, were the most interesting parts of this. The vocals by far. do like interesting things here they, and there. They change <clears throat> because of what their yeah. their jazz fusion style over They'll here. They'll have you know like I mean? that spoken word kind of thing yeah. element, but then there's like it's mainly just the low growl, and it's like not even that really prominent. I think in like the whole sound. Because it's the dueling guitars with the, you know, it's just real music heavy. Yeah. And to talk a bit about, like, the history of The Faceless, um, this is the newest album we've ever done. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, most recent album that's come. Yeah, yeah, it's, everything we've done has been way back in the day. And I think it was System of a Down that was, like, our most, you know, like, that only happened... 18 years ago or so you know yeah. this only happened this is 2006 so it's more recent you know, 13 mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we're talking about it so again this is when the band started their very first album um was supposed to be a, a four song demo and like some of the fun facts like there's not a lot of go go after when it comes to this history there's not a lot of old rock and roll time and baggage of 30 years and stories to add up it's just not there yet they'll mm-hmm. get there but it's still you know it's still like the 13 year gap um some of our favorite bands like in this metal you know 
genre, like this technical metal or death metal genre, it takes a long time for them to get to mainstream status if that ever happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you'll that be working, ever you'll may happen. You'll be working, yeah. working, and working. Because mean, you would want to, I would love to see like a documentary about this band or something like, like where that. Where they're at now. You know I mean? Yeah, and I'm sure like, they've eventually put out a we'll few get there. Al- yeah, they've yeah. put out a few albums and stuff, and uh, I, I, like this one was self-produced, so... Yeah, you know. So a little bit of the story. This this whole band is pretty much uh, Michael Keane's. Like, yeah, he's like the founder. Yeah. yeah, every interview he's always like the the, the guy. Yeah, yeah. He and writes all the songs. All the lead guitar. He also does the clean vocals, spoken word kind yeah. of vocoder stuff. I was wondering who was doing that, and then you know, yeah. reading up on like the track listing, it's like, oh, this fucking guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then every interview having him as well. Um, yeah. Just growing up in a family of musicians, like any great musician does, and they were all jazz players, and they all worked in the industry of music, just kind of like filling in and, you know, that kind of thing, playing in big bands and stuff like that, and or being a music teacher or, you know, teaching a class and being that type of working musician. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, that's a different class of working musician. And all together, you know what I mean? Because you could be... The working musician in a band touring all the time and making albums, or you could be filling in gigs, teaching classes about music theory or the instrument that you play, stuff like that, to keep you relevant. Uh, doing sound, you know, for a venue, staying, yeah, yeah, you know, just staying busy in the scene or just doing it as that type of living to where you're not constantly on the road because that that beat down anyone, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, it depends on who who you are and if you can handle that because. Like we said in the last episode, Lemmy said you had to prove yourself by going on the road. Uh, and a lot of bands crumble because it's hard work and it's years and you're stuck out there just every day. Maybe you don't eat food one day and it's like, you know, barely getting any sleep. Just pack it up, do it again every every fucking day. Mm-hmm. And it could be a long run at times. So that being said, but, you know, growing up in a jazz household, you just started playing he was playing guitar ever since he was five and up and just playing like at like 12 like filling in like jazz spots with his dad and stuff at the Mm. club he worked at so this guy was born into it you know and like he was saying it was his brothers older brothers that just had like dsi and stuff like that sitting around to where totally got got that whole metal thing and you start seeing why like this album sounds this way it's like all that jazz background, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then that love of metal can see what's going to happen, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, uh, and he the, wrote, all, like, four of the songs on this album when he was 16, still oh, in high school. Oh, shit. Yeah, four of them. Good God. They recorded I mean, it when he was 18. They were 18. They, like, four of the members, uh, the bass player, uh, help me out here. They've gone Chris, through a few drummers. Brian Griffin. Before the album. Brian Griffin, uh, I believe he went to school with. Brandon Griffin. Brandon Griffin, whatever. And then um, you have uh, Michael Scherer. Scherer? Yeah. Steve Jones and Derek Rydquist. And that is uh, the singer. The singer, right. Um, Nick Pierce is the drummer. The first drummer for the... First drummer. Yeah, or, or, for those demo tracks. Yes. And then... And for the... I mean, he didn't part. leave. They just said they <clears throat> wanted to go find another drummer. Mm. So... Uh, fun fact on this album, might as well get straight to it. Uh, there's four drummers on this album. 
Because is there, there's four. There's four. Or is that the 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 drums recorded by Ann? Because I thought that was the Bam. recording. So yeah. I think, but uh, I believe Nick Pierce was maybe the first drummer. Huh. I forget the order form. Uh, if you look at this band's like member list, it's I wonder if pretty that's, big. I wonder if that's who recorded it or like you know engineered it or something or I don't know. This is the tracking list for the drummers. Um, yeah, Andrew Taylor track uh, two and five. Uh, what's that one? Uh, Brett Batdorf. 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 <laughs> that's a cool last name. Tracks one, three, six, and eight. Now, that could have been the very first drummer because, like he said, this was supposed to be a four-song EP, and they decided to turn it into a full length, which it's only eight tracks, I believe, long, so it's only adding four more tracks. Okay. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough to make it full length. But um, he just said uh, they had problems finding another drummer, so what they did was just had people come in, and they hired them to come in and oh, play really? one or two songs to fill in the, oh. the space. And again, uh, Michael, you know, just being like the, I, I, I believe it's like his brainchild and he pretty much composed all this music as well as wrote the vocals and, yeah. you know, and just bringing people in and telling them, oh, this is what I want. Cause I'm sure he was going in and programming the drums to have like that, you know, it's like here, here's the drums. Play it like this. Yeah, he pr- exactly. he's credited as the producer on the album, so he's, yeah. you know, he's uh, pretty much, fun, and, you know, taking care of yeah. this, what said what goes and. And this whole thing got started because, um, it was so crazy. Um, they were saying one of their biggest reasons they became so big was MySpace. Ah, that's funny. And I remember using MySpace in the beginning and having a band page on MySpace. And it was very easy to connect with people like all around the world and show them your music and even talk to like kind of like some well-known musicians I've had conversations with Mm. through MySpace too, because, you know, I'll reach out to them. And it was such a great platform for bands. Yeah. More so than it was for people. Like for a band, it was so easy to show someone your music, but not like, force it upon them you know what i mean yeah it's just kind of like it had that music player to where you can click on the music and it would play and it would drag down and you could still go surf and look at other people's pages and listen to the music you know what i mean you didn't have to stay on that page to listen to the music it it definitely became more music orientated once facebook take took over and they were like oh we got to find our niche for people and then it was like music justin timberlake i think bought it or something like that some you know, famous artists acquired it and then turned it into this music type platform for artists, MySpace, and still having because it did start yeah. like that. It started with a music, yeah. Emphasis, and so. this band really—that's what really—they put out those four songs on the EP, and it just got a lot of you know attention out there, and mm-hmm. people really liked it. And they just had like thousands of thousands and thousands of like listeners. So when it came to recording this, they really just got like a small, like a really small record deal and just kind of did it themselves, DIY, and mm-hmm. kind of put this all together. Um, Professional studio, yeah. stuff like that, but, you know, self-produced, funded, pr- probably. I don't, you know, they and were on they're Sumerian. Being like, they're all like 18 years yeah. old, you know. 
that they're not even old enough to drink. And <laughs> you imagine if we were playing a show and this band like played one of the local gigs and this band just came out of nowhere. Oh, a yeah, band yeah. that sounded like this, you'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, X's on their hands. What? Yeah, X's on their hands. I feel like shit. I'm 32. <laughs> I'd be very inspired though because um, when they play live, they bring in like a whole brain and everything to get those like you know keyboard Synth sounds. And stuff. Yeah, uh, it's, okay. it's all. I believe it. It seems like it's all planned out on a click. Mm. So they're just in ear monitors and they're just going with the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> to like nail. I, I'm not sure how that shit yeah. works. You could have some other guy do it, but. This band again is still not like that big. This is this is still a band that's probably setting up their own equipment. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't have roadies, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um geniuses nonetheless because I was listening to some of their other stuff. It it's it's all fucking nuts. It's all crazy. Uh, oh, the newer stuff? Yeah. Oh. I mean, adding a little bit more singing into the newer mm. stuff. You only get it like what two or three times on this album? Mm. Right? Like when he actually does the singing or the spoken word, that might be happening. Yeah. Like two, two Something like maybe yeah. times. Maybe two times. Which I really liked it, and it was never, it was never uh, like singing, to be honest. Uh, again, uh, just clean vocals is a lot better way of saying it. Um, it was tasteful, like all the little keyboard parts, and mm. it was so death metal, but at the same time, it was. Like what a what a great you know um, take on it. Yeah, they're doing they're doing that whole technical death metal thing, almost even like math, you know, yeah. sort of. But they're taking that and incorporating this like keyboard element that's not even like it's almost synthy. It's not doing what even traditional you would hear, maybe even like a a band with the keyboard like they're it's it's like you were saying when we were listening to it, like a spooky at times it's very it's industrial like, like how yeah. they throw it in there yeah you know what i mean it's very aggressive it is very and it, yeah, industrial and it, and type yeah the the sounds are kind of like harsh in mm-hmm. a way to where you know they're different it's yeah. like not what you're expecting no you know? not at all so it's not like a piano keyboard or anything it's like it's very uh i don't know i don't know you know, they're not really even doing like whenever they're chords, it's like that chorus sound, like a like a big chant at some points in the song. Other times it is like that straight, just like attack, attack keyboard uh, ding, synth ding. thing. Yeah. yeah. And then so I, I don't know what's guitars, what's keyboard. Um, yeah. It's it's well used in like we were, but talking, it's not all the know. time. It's, like, not. it's not. So it's, it's very tasteful. It comes you know in I mean? when it needs to be. You know, if there was somebody playing it, they would probably only play on, like, half the song. You know, they're just sitting there for those moments to come in. And then they'll back off, let the band play a couple of these crazy riffs. It's not, they're not always needing to be there. No. Um, so that's probably why they have, like, this sampler type thing on stage, you know. Could be the fucking bass player just doing it. That too. <laughs> right? Or the fucking other guitar player. Just stop. You know? I love uh, to see like that double, like to be playing guitar and then just to move to another instrument. Like, yeah, because guitar cool. you can kind of like it, or even I, a singer. I mean, if he's a singer too, yeah, especially if, you if don't they have a singer in your yeah. fucking hands, yeah. you know. Um, damn, I forgot what my next point was going to be. Oh, do you think? Do you think you could be the guitar player in this band? 
like if they were auditioning, would you go in and try out? No, it you, seems like it's, it's too, too much. It's too much. Yeah. Like you need to be like really. You have the right like. I don't think I'm a death metal drummer. Like yeah, that's I a mean, whole different level of drummer. It's just level of drummer and like technicality of just like I don't know. It has its place and like definitely people, you know, do it and really, you know, you have to be really good. You can't be sloppy. I know so this. That's the this thing. would it's be like, like a sport, you yeah. know, like very like you got to work out. You yeah. got to fucking exercise for this shit. Yeah. You know. You can't be, I mean, if you're going on stage, you got to memorize everything for one, but then it's just like the playing dexterity and like the speed of some of the stuff they're playing. And it just goes for all like death metal in a sense. And even it's just, I guess, so cool. quote unquote technical where it just becomes <laughs> like, you know, I love that, uh, the aspect of death metal, uh, where it's, it's really, really physical, in a yeah. lot of ways, you know, as much as the sound is harsh and like in, intense, it's like that same way on your body. Mm -hmm. It's really like I couldn't imagine playing a, a set of these blast beats and these patterns for an hour and 30 minutes. Good Not God. even an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Good God, right? Yeah. I would be going to the gym every day. I'd be like training for tour. You know what I mean? Like, uh, feel like Jesus Christ, like Slayer and stuff. Like, Dave Lombardo going hard it, for like an, an hour and a half, an hour. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, oof. But that and that's not even. I like, really do. They, I, they those guys he go, go to the he gym. Goes hard, but I mean, those guys like this work is also out personal like, trainers because they have to. Like, they will destroy their bodies if yeah. they do not do that. Like, and that's just professional like, drummers like literally like a month of just like working out before they even hit the road. These, With the fucking eating right, and it's, it's, it's I can't even things. imagine. That's why I like. You know, you see a lot of death metal drummers and just like crazy like drummers like that get passed around. Yeah. Because there aren't too many people that do it and there aren't too many people that do it like that. Flawless. Flaw like kind of like <laughs> flawless. Picture perfect. You know, you have to really work at that to be that. Like you're not doing technical death metal drums and then going and playing and like. I don't know, some like folk band or something like that. I was yeah. curious. I mean, <laughs> a lot of these guys um, on this album, because we have the, the four drummers, only one of them was credited. And he was kind of like one of those drummers, like you're talking about, that was getting passed around. That's, yeah. Uh, At this time, too, 2006. I couldn't even say his like, last name if I wanted to. It's a, it's a really complicated oh, name. Which one? Right there. Brett? No. Oh. Below. Oh, Naveen Copperwise, I guess. Copperwise. <laughs> Naveen. Naveen. Um, playing in some other bands in this uh, new death metal era. Mm. I never got into this stuff. You? Yeah, I mean, I followed some bands, but it definitely became like its own thing where it just like exploded. And then, you know. It got really big and then so many kind of bands. like popped. Yeah, you know? there was just a lot of like bands like that. Movements do that in music. These musical movements of these bands, like all sorts of like these death metal bands coming out all around, you mm -hmm. know, the country, uh, the fucking the world, because, you know, overseas had a lot of this stuff as mm -hmm. well. Probably a subgenre because of where they come from. And that's kind of, I guess, where these genre names come from in some ways, because it's like 
you know, this band being from uh, Encino, California, California just having its own style when it comes to like thrash metal yeah, or punk. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, the Cali- they always have that. You Los know. Angeles, like exactly. punk scene, Los An- you know, then the New York punk, where it's like still punk. Like, yeah, even though the like geolocation where you have, live like, and it's yeah. how you feel because exactly. of the climate around you is like really gonna affect the music that you play. Exactly, that makes yeah all the sense. It's like cold and, the, and, and what you wear, the annoying, way you look, yeah. but it's still or sunny like, and shiny. And then that gets subgenred, you know, it because yeah. just because of Norwegian death metal, Nor, uh, Scandinavian. Like, yeah. There was a, that's a whole different core. way of like thinking <laughs> and just like Based on growing like, up and things to be worried about or you think about that you like. It's a different culture, yeah, for sure. But um, it was a uh, kind of crazy, like uh, fucking MySpace kind of blew it all up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, just kind of using the internet that they, you know, reached out to people or had fans talk to them, and it it made this album blow up to where they got to go and play these tours with like some really fucking amazing people that they've been wanting to play with. Or just like your dream, you know what I mean? Going yeah. on like the Summer Slaughter Tour or whatever exactly. the fuck, you know? Probably one of those big festival bands. Exactly. Band so going around the world and playing all sorts of shows and fucking 18 years old. That's, wow. Yeah. I was like, by 18, I had all this, this done, you know? I feel like. This was, was that I time 18? where there was a bunch of like, it was like. Is he you know, younger than me? You know, 18 to early 20s of just like music. Kids, like metal in particular, yeah. I had a bunch of kid-type bands. The only death metal band I really like, and I don't know if there's other death metal bands, because, again, I'm not thinking about them mm-hmm. in genre. They have to be like, this is death metal, that's why I'm listening to it. It's Cannibal Corpse. And for Cannibal, it's either it's it's still, it's like later in their career with, with like the Corpse Grinder and getting mm-hmm. to like the album Kill which I believe was in 2006, the same year this came out, <laughs> which that's like my, one of my favorite albums yeah. of all time. But again, I'm not like a huge death metal fan. I just really loved those albums from yeah. Cannibal Corpse. And that's I'm a, really loving this album because it's like growing on me in that same sense. That's what, yeah, I, I really, I, uh, same in the same vein, attract to like certain pieces of work, yeah. not the whole genre. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like I was collecting every band. It's got, I got to you know, hear yeah. everything. Yeah. You know? A lot of it sounds the same. Exactly. Because you just set yourself in one style of music. Exactly. So how can you not sound like the band before you? So it's like, it's night, it's refreshing to hear bands like, you know, Cannibal, for example, like kind of was like an originator. It's kind of one of the first in a, in a way. So like that kind of. It could, yes, it plays on like the motifs and could, could get, sort of get old, but. Like this band, for example, plays on the motif of like the deep growly vocals, but then throws in the synth to kind of yeah. freshen it up. And then guitar-wise, it, they kind of are doing like jazz chords and weird you time know, signatures, time signatures yeah. and stuff. Or like eight nines yeah. and shit like that. And so it's it's, but it's like really distorted and heavy and breakdowns. Like the songwriting is almost like death metal, you know. Yeah. But the actual like what they're playing physically is like a jazz chord so it's it's very they're mixing all these elements that keeps it refreshing so like the for me those type of albums are what i attract to where it's like yes it's death metal but it's different it's not there there are all sorts of 
weird little parts that you're yeah. gonna get in this to where you're like I've never heard that in a death metal band yeah. even, not even Cannibal Corpse in some ways I was like some goads what kind of sounds like yeah. this, some of the like weird yeah exactly I mean they're not death but, metal but but they, what makes this like death metal and not black metal because yeah. I was like wouldn't black metal technically just be adding a keyboard <laughs> I think if they all no, simplifying if, if, it if they all head. dressed black on stage that would make it black metal. oh well then there you go yeah I think that, thank you for clarifying I, I was think, like duh you gotta wear the armor the face paint <laughs> otherwise you're not black metal yeah I think that's what makes it black it was your, you're all black and then you have some some uh, studs maybe some spikes I think that's the Oh, the costume. Yes. And yeah, and then probably getting it's that like shock rock, necro like, sound. Sure, you can sound shock rock, necro but you're not shock sound. rock unless you actually look it. Like, and have something shocking yeah. going on. Black metal, yeah. I think it's the same way. You got to sound black metal, but you also got to look it. Like <laughs> you got a you get a damn good point. Yeah. Damn good point. All right, let's get into the second song that we're gonna play. Horizons um, of Chaos Part Two: Oracle of the Onslaught. No, that's. <laughs> That's oh, part yeah, it's the first one. Part two is Horizons of Chaos. Part two, Hypocrisy. A bit easier Just to say. I fucking love <laughs> how this song starts. That's why we had to play it. Let's check it out.
love love every second of that song. <laughs> For how short it is, like there's a lot going on. You have multiple breakdowns. Yeah. You have keyboard going crazy doing its own thing. Drums are going off the wall. That snare work. I know. I was like, I want to see someone play that, like, yeah, that like cover that, right? Yeah. Just doing that. Op- oh, I can just imagine. Um, there's so many times where I had to, like, stop and, like, look at my phone just to make sure, like, <laughs> if the song changed or is it the same song because of those weird ch- stops or, like, time changes or just adding in that keyboard in between part mm-hmm. in some songs where it's, like, did we click on the same another song? One? Yeah. yeah. It's hard to tell because everything's so fast, so aggressive. Well, one just like the other almost, and mm-hmm. this this album definitely does flow. Thirty three minutes of or consistently, huh? Yeah, 30. I mean thirty three minutes. It's yeah. quick. That's why. Yeah, it's eight for, songs. For eight songs, each song's like a little over three. There's some that there's one. You the know, self-titled track making it the why it's so long, yeah. like a little bit longer than it should be because that's like a six-minute song, but it has a lot of like opening. There's and, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I mean, all their songs have moving parts, but that one, you, it's, you know, it's almost like a ride. Like a, there's a lot going on, but it's taking you on this journey. Like that song for the one we just listened to, you know. Uh, taking you to the very end where it's just those like breakdown it like leads you to the breakdown breakdown solo you know yeah and just kind of like i don't know it doesn't ever go back it just it's kind of like the gorehound shit where like or even maybe some flooded tomb stuff lately where it's like we don't go back at us after a certain point we're just it's like yeah you're on a journey this is again this is like uh like if an orchestra or a composer put together a piece of like orchestration mm-hmm. or like you telling know I mean? a story. Yeah. Like, yeah. so this is not like your normal type of song. This is more like a, a storytelling song with sound mm-hmm. and, you know, um, all again, all these moving parts, Ups but you're, and downs yeah, you're and trying that. to like tell a story a lot mm-hmm. of the times. And a lot of times in the story, you don't go back, you don't go mm-hmm. back in a story after you already said something. Right. Mm-hmm. So, it just keeps going, and I like to think about it like if it was classical music. That's where I get it. Does kind of the have feel like, to where it's like you get all insane with the violins mm-hmm. and the trumpets, and then bring it way down, you know, and and then they're well thought out. There's a lot of pieces, yeah, sheet after sheet. You know what I mean? Each part means something. It's very strategic, like because there's a lot of there's drum fills, yes. There's a lot of like guitar fills, I would say, on this album. Like a lot of runs, like a lot of like they're just fast. He's moving yeah. very fast all over the place, just to do a small like little lick. And it's there's they're placed in there real like, um, you know, adequately and like they're not overused, but they do that those little guitar fills. I almost it almost reminds me of like drumming on the guitar because they're like the way it's setting everything up they're playing in between stuff but yeah i don't know a lot of like, syncopation yes a lot of syncopation mean? the drums are almost Phil. like what i would say is like jazz where the drums are just kind of going off like do whatever even watching some of the live stuff like i try to catch like there are motifs in the drums where you gotta have to do this you have to do this part when it comes to this part of the song but there's other parts where it's like and i guess that's what's very death metal where it's, it's kind of is like improv in a sense because everything's so fast, you know, every fill 
maybe at some point just kind of starts to blend together and you're just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> actually, um, I have to like kind of go against that a little bit just because I think it sounds like this is all digital drumming. Mm. Even though these are actual drummers coming in here and like recording this, it doesn't feel like a drummer thought out this. It feels like the drums are the the way they are in the songs are be is because of the guitar. Uh, the mm -hmm. drums are constantly trying to keep up with the guitars. You know, the the song itself is moving all over the place. Yeah. So the drums I feel like are built in that kind of like robot sense, to where they're kind of just like there is you know a chorus and a verse and they're very different there's no like in between like an actual drummer would have something that moves it in between it's just like yeah and then it's like blah 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 but there's no filler gap which a lot of drummers would always put like kind of a filler gap a or just or something yeah just to make it i mean i'm sure playing these songs live a lot of it probably it sounds a little different just because it does you know this well, that, is all very studio and clean and mm -hmm. when you do your first album a lot of it's just going to be like nail it out in like one take and something like all this was probably done already they just had to go in and lay it down you know what i mean mm -hmm. so well like and speaking to that the drummers go in the drums are already planned out i guarantee it you know the, what i mean the drums on the album do definitely sound different than what i've heard live because there's like drum cams of some of the drummers you know you can watch hey yeah because this is intense shit yeah right? and definitely like listening to some of the songs on the album and then listening to like their interpretation live it it is different. Like the it different, has to be. There's yeah. different. You know, players play it different. And then when I was going on that rabbit hole, a whole uh, dream theater audition tape opened up where they had like six drummers come in and they all yeah. played the same song. Basically, they're all from different like metal bands, Annihilator, fucking Steve Vai. They've all played. All these guys are professionals and played. And have different kits and different styles and different ways of playing. And it was insane to hear how, like, even though they're playing this song that Mike Portnoy wrote. And yeah. it's, like, his performance. And they have to hit these motifs. They're still doing things that are different. They still have to stay inside the box. Like, like the structure of the yes. song. They, you can't move out. You can't make things faster or make yes. things longer. But you can do things that have a, your flair, your style. Yes. It's your pocket. There, it's, it's every every drummer has a pocket. Mm -hmm. Every drummer is going to what show they can it. bring to yes. the table. There's like certain like just rhythms that you know some people have built up over time that are just second nature. Where and those come to them, you know. Uh, and also, like you know, to speaking to that is just these guys are also like able to practice and sit there and but, like, listen to the yeah. song and be like, I'm gonna interpret it a certain but way. But so. all six drummers made it sound different. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in, even watching it and hearing it, you're like, holy shit. Okay. So taking like this band for example, where the drums are, you know, that insane too. Like it's a big yeah. staple. Like you go and you see the band live, the drums are a big a big thing you're paying attention to because there's crazy shit going on behind the kit, right? So it's going to sound different than, like, what the album, you know. And I guess that kind of makes this album sound a little pieced together when it comes to... The drums? Well, track after track, from yeah. track one to track two to track three. Well, it does have some this flow, patched... Some jumping, like, jumping, because mm -hmm. originally writing, like, four of these songs mm -hmm. two years prior, and then... To, all of a sudden, I'll make it full length, adding two more. You kind of 
I will admit that was two years ago. You wrote these. It's not the most seamless. Later, it's going to be very different album. Sa- yes. Feel sounding and having different drummers come in is going to change. Yeah. I mean, it, you notice the drum well. sound. Like, yeah. Like every, again, some drummer just has like, some of these drummers just have a really strong like backbeat where their like left hand is just yeah. fucking like ungodly. Honestly, or some people are just a little bit softer on it and just kind of like. I heard a difference you know, in the sound too. Like some of the like you're saying to that like robotic sound. Some of it sounds like some of the drummers brought that, like maybe to the session. Not like they wanted that, but maybe that's like that just just happened to be how it got recorded or the engineer or whatever. And did the sound because there are some other drums that are more natural sounding, like more songs. I mean, like there's others that sound a little bit more clicky than others. The whole album, in my opinion, flows musically, but like from a sound point, it's a little inconsistent where some of those songs sound. They're just not written at the same time. So that too. I mean, the, the musician, the, the songwriting too, I guess maybe I'll, I'll step back a little bit even too. They, it does kind of like more songs are more technical than others, I guess. Yeah, or more songs are just like right on the money to where it's like, oh, I expected when you said this is a death metal technical band and you showed me this song, yes. it's like, boom, got it. But then there's also tracks on here I've been like, what? yes. Yeah, like <laughs> this, this is almost like this is, a fusion band almost. This isn't yeah, even, you'd yeah. be like, you gotta wait for it and the, the death metal could show up. Just yes. wait for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, that's, but that's why I, I, that's, what's making me love this album a lot is because I'm having those pieces and I think I'm going to fall in love with those certain the songs. stranger songs. Exactly. On this, yeah. Then the ones that should be the, the ones that everyone would love. If you love death metal, kind of like the straightforward death metal, you like, put it no on, fuck arounds, you exactly. know what I mean? You but can put it on and somebody is, will be like, this yeah. is tight. Who is this? Exactly. Yeah. And it's. It's one of those type albums too, where it kind of like snuck under the radar. If you're in 2006 at the time, yeah. and you're searching this out, you might come across it because there's a lot happening at the time. That's true. But, I I believe you know we didn't get into like, um, and we didn't even introduce ourselves at all either. No. Yeah, but, but you know, I'm, if you're if you're this yeah. far into it, and if you're into, we're, 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 we same people each yeah. week, same people each week. I'm yeah. Scott Allen, and this is Chris Myers. Yeah. Got that out of the way. Okay. But it's kind of strange. I didn't start it like that because we usually kind of have like, you know, a Let's script of yeah, yeah. how we're going to do it. But again, it's like, well, Chris, how, how did you hear of this band? It's like, I couldn't fucking tell you how I heard this band. I probably heard this band a long time ago. I know this name. And I believe mm. in 2006, someone I knew had this album. Because they were like, listen to this. And I wasn't really too into death metal. I remember that. I believe it was a girlfriend of mine. And she was like, oh, I'm loving it. Because of all these like weird keyboard parts that are in it. Mm. And I, I liked it, but I wasn't like too gung-ho. Because again, uh, at that time, I wasn't really too into death metal. I didn't yeah, get into yeah. death metal until like kind of later on where my tastes are like growing and growing mm-hmm. and growing. It's really Spotify. Thank you for building my taste in death metal. Because... I have everything to pick from so I can find something that kind of calls for me or, you know, reaches out to my ear and what I like. So it was just so much easier to find music because of that. Um, But did you have a moment where, like, you knew of this, you know this band from, like, uh, Skate Tape or... No, it was, like, working at Spencer's. (laughs) Tony Hawk Just, like, being around Craig, 
who was like really into oh, death metal. That makes sense at the time. Yeah, and then just people that were employed there were just big metal heads and just that type of thing. And the scene, this you know, this type of music was like flourishing. A lot of bands were emerging. We were just talking about like it was around like when Death Clock or Metalocalypse kind of came out. So it was real like in the in the underground. It was flourishing. You bring up Death Clock, and it's like the same time right yeah. like death metal is like blowing up at this point mm-hmm. you know even how like, like underground it yeah. is it's having it's like <clears throat> time to shine yeah. and these really big like tours like the summer slaughter tour mm-hmm. where you have like the the onslaught of just mm-hmm. the beasts of the time where it's like lamb of god and fucking um mushuga you know yeah. just Imagine you the have monster to, tours and you're having cannibal yeah, you, like you got to go up against that, you know, being the faceless and you, they hold their own. I would yeah. think, you know, against someone like Mashuga or fucking <laughs> playing a show with cannibal corpse, mm-hmm. you know, the big dogs. It's like, these guys are really talented and mm-hmm. watching it live. It was flawless in some parts where it's like seamless. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just they're incredible people. And, um, this is, again, one of those bands where it's just one guy that's the genius behind everything. People kind of rotate in and out. But that being said, when doing an album with this group of people, that's the faceless at this point. It's it's still not just... That can't just be one person. It mm-hmm. takes a lot to build this type of music and like yeah. really c- collaborate with because, you know... Everybody's piece. Yeah, you're a guitar player. This professional drummer probably knows how to like kind of click this in a little bit more, and the singer knows maybe where the vocals should land or something. You know, yeah. everyone still working together to create this. But uh, Michael always being the one guy that just keeps it alive and keeps going on with it, which is great because it's it's definitely his uh, input that is why this is so weird and has that jazzy uh synthesizer keyboard stuff going on it's because of his kind of style like anytime i've seen an interview with this guy or him on stage it's like a nine inch nail shirt it's like a ministry shirt you know he like he loves that style of music as much as he loves this death metal you can definitely tell he's adding a lot of this industrial you know harshness into the death metal sound which i fucking love like please give me that industrial grind you know Mm -hmm. and to the point to where I was like, why wouldn't someone just call this a, a grindcore? But yeah. I don't know. It is, it is kind of labeled as deathcore, I saw. Too. Yeah. So it's like, I don't fucking know. know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you I know mean, what? <laughs> I think it's, it has core. We should just do an episode where we look up the, the Wikipedia breakdown on genres, yeah. you know? I think the core part is because of the breakdowns and the intensity, just like maybe the vocals of the kind songs. of keep it in there. I think of a yeah. hardcore band, yeah, the vocals. It's just like it's the songwriting where it's just like yeah, here and there. With grindcore, you get a more again the, the vocals like move around on this as well. Non-stop. It's not just fucking straightforward yeah, one way. So. Exactly. It's not. It's not pummeling you over the head with a blast beat. Yeah. It's throwing it in there when it needs to, or it's flourish. It's like adding a little flourish like sporadically it's not over it's not the entire chorus yeah like <laughs> it's like whatever you want to call it man uh it's fucking badass yeah <laughs> so like you were like check out this death metal band i'd rather you just be like check out this fucking band yeah, yeah. you know it's like you'll probably love it in some ways mm-hmm. uh, us being metal heads i'm sure there's something you know if it's special and it has that that little bit of weirdness to it you know it's not just right on the nose it's not just this we're we're a speed metal band and it's like no there was something that it made them them 
and showed you got to showcase a little bit of your personality in your music you know what makes you a little bit different yeah. stand out from the band beside you in this same subgenre yeah. you know what i mean, I mean so if you, if you saw them up against like you know another one of their peers at the time you would probably definitely you know they would stand out by just sheer musicianship and yeah. like the song like you know they're not it feels like this is one of those bands that we saw back in the day but we didn't realize you know we went to a lot of those festivals and things like that and i'm sure like this was kind of in the background somewhere uh, those festivals I, I should have done more research on the, the like summer slaughters and the yeah monsters. Because, or, yeah like um there was Ozfest. Yeah. I'm not sure if they ever went there, but again, their Wikipedia's page is very small. And yeah, they're again, they're pretty new. Yeah, newish band. This album, thirteen year mark. So, and we were just gonna come in and talk about it, like if we did like one of the local album reviews, because it kind of feels like that in this sense, yeah. to where it's it's small. Yeah, it's, it's small. Yeah, no, well, not it, Austin, but I just mean but like yeah, it's still kind of like small and. Um, anyone that listens to this episode is probably a, a huge fan of death metal, maybe, or just keeping track with us. But it's, we picked this because it was like interesting. Plus, it was yeah. great to have an album that I didn't know. Every album we've done, it's like I really kind of know that album really well. But this album, well, I had yeah. just heard it for the first time. You know what I mean? This, and like this is one coming of those, across like, it, like oh. When you hear it, it instantly, like, you get favorite songs. You're like, oh, I really like this song. You might not like the whole album, but it, it, then the album does yeah. grow on you, where it's like, you like those songs. I had songs, to do it three or four times in a row. That's how many times I've listened like, to in the past 24 hours. And, yeah, like, it's kind of like, each time I'm like, fuck, I'm loving this. You, you hear know? little things. You hear you get to appreciate. It's like a, a wine or something. Like, you just, the more you kind of sit around it, you appreciate it, even though it's not... Like commercially, yeah, huge. or maybe it's not your style of wine, or even know? that too. But you're yeah. just trying something new, but it's you really got to give it time, you mm-hmm. know. To just let it lay on your palate for a second and just mm-hmm. taste it. Just taste it. Well, know? that and just like if you know about it, you're a fan of it. It's one of those things. Like yeah. even though you like you said when you first heard it, you're like, uh, eventually it caught up to you. You know, you're like, oh, you can appre- you can double back and be like, all right, yeah, yeah that's I, the greatest thing about so music. It's like it, it, even I think once you know of it, eventually once it kind of takes over and you just give it a try and like listen to it, I think it, it's one of those albums that just kind of seeps in, almost like that B52s album we did, or maybe it's just not the biggest commercial album. Yeah, that was and, another weird album but, where it's like. What do we even say? It has say? its quirks, you know what I mean, and it has but, the no, things to like B-52's about it. Yeah, album, you it's know still I mean? the band, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it kind of falls in that line where it, you know, it's not none of these songs are were you know I think singled or played like huge radio hits, but the album itself has kind of got this like cult sort of. Be, you know, following yeah. words. Like, I'm going to be listening to it yeah. after this episode just because there's some songs I'm going to have to go back and just kind of like save. Pinpoint you like know? what's happening. Yeah. Like listen, yeah. Maybe but, it's an album I'm not going to like go back and like put on all the way through no, yeah. again, but there's definitely songs I really want to save off of this and just uh, keep track with the band and, and it's fun hear to listen some of the to new sometimes. stuff, you know? Like you, this guy's a great musician. I would yeah. love to hear more stuff because. It does get kind of weird. Some of the newer songs I was listening to, I was like, well, I can yeah. kind of see people like, you know, shout out to the Needle Drops on YouTube. Uh, that guy does these 
break down album reviews like really well yeah. and detailed, like better than we could ever possibly say it. And um, it was about their third or fourth album, and it was seven minutes long, and immediately it was just like trash, boom, poof, because it like was kind of missing what he said was some of the energy from saying I'm death metal and yeah. kind of getting a little too experimental letting those keyboard and that clean vocal spoken yeah. word stuff kind of get ahead take of you a the, little bit take over the song and not just kind of accent it a little bit yeah it's, it's that can kind of that was a, a tricky tightrope they walked it very well in on this album and that's yeah. why it's like i mean it's the first one but um it i don't know i i find that it uh even I think the Wikipedia had stated it like this album, they kind of changed their sound after. And that I definitely hear. And yeah, you kind of found like, those parts where like, Oh, those parts are pretty, those are the most interesting parts. Let's really run with those. Yes. You know what I mean? And even though they're the most, I think they're the most interesting because they're not the focal point. That's what I was feeling the same way. Like, but being a musician, isn't that really hard to judge and tell? Well, especially if it's your art too. You're yeah. like, Ooh, you know, you you don't even know if it's good when you made it. Yeah. You were like, you just put it out there, and people were like, you were surprised when people liked it because mm-hmm. you were like, you put all you put all this time and energy and care into writing this thing. It's not like you don't care about it that it's not a good song. It's just like you don't know if it is because you worked on it like that to where it's like, here's this thing to the world. Oh uh, yeah. What do you think? And some people were like. Fucking guys are sellouts. Fucking change their sound. And it's like, I didn't know. <laughs> I'll pull it back. You'll figure it out, though. Well, that's the, that's it, the hard thing takes, with writing album after time. album. Yeah. It's like changing your sound. Trying please, to... please let them be around in the next 18 years. You know what yeah. I mean? Give them 30. Give it a shot. Give let it, it 30 let them, years. Let them mature into the sound that they're trying to get. Yeah. You know, it you takes know, a first, while. So. Um, I think that we were talking about a uh, few, you, you know, back at like the musicianship. I think the next song we're gonna get into really showcases that. I killed Demma. It really I, showcases I the weird keyboard. This, this yeah, it shows ethereal, the keyboard. Yeah. There's a drum solo, a bass solo, the guitar solos. Like everybody has like a little moment to shine in this song. Yeah, it's it's a great so it's background like, song. It is. Yeah. For Someone should have pulled that to for like a movie trailer. I was like, dude, that's a great song, you know? Yeah. And it does have these death like metal movements. DJ. Like, that's one of the songs I'm stealing when I start my death metal DJ. I was going to say, this, this is a good, if you were to like just play it in a bar or something maybe because there's no vocals, so yeah, you don't have to be turned off by that. And it's, it's just, not harsh. You're not no. going to scare off the common folk with it. Yeah. You know, people be like, this is interesting and different. And do people really do like that. In the world of where, like, everyone has to listen to one thing or, like, music's being shoved in your face on Spotify, that when people hear something that they've never heard or a style they've never heard, it's, they like it. Especially at a bar because you're out to experience new and different things. You're just like, you know, I normally don't like this type of music, but this is interesting and fun. And why not? Why not just go out and experience different types of music? I can't wait till we do a country album or a jazz album or something that's way out of my field of expertise because you know that's gonna be the funnest part of doing these episodes is really doing something like this where i'm not like a huge death metal fan but i have to sit here and like kind of listen to it yeah. and see 
is there something I like or is, you know, I'm going to sit here and come in and be like, well, it's, fucking it, suck, bro. Why'd you pick this album? It's but, been like you know, that with like for me and just some of the things we've done lately. Cause I've like been just not dived deep into it. So it's, it's been interesting to, you know, right. it's, it's a good form for everybody that joins in on the podcast and even listeners to learn about the album that we're talking about and yeah. get an appreciation for it. So maybe find some stuff you didn't know that you would like. Yeah. And there you go. So uh, we'll get into the next song. I think Self-titled. it's the longest song. Yeah. Almost six minutes long. Self-titled. Boom. To live in true freedom is to release all inhibitions. The fears of mortality must be forgotten. No longer living for death. No longer dying to live. Existence and non-existence coagulating. Safety found through ignorance. Shackling human individuality. <laughs>
Whoa. In my notes, I had, um, I wrote that down. I was like, uh, you know, just listening to some of the songs. I wanted to point out some of my favorite parts in these songs. And all I put for this song was, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that? I didn't even see it coming. I, I thought it would be the last uh, song on the album, but it, it was um, not. But I'm again. This might be I'm one of the songs they that they added for in the at end. the end. Yeah, it is I mean, kind of weird. Like an ender song. Yeah, um, the last song uh, that's going to be played, uh, "Ghost of a Stranger." It does sound like an ending song, so I can kind of see why they put it there. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like an epic kind of end. And it's it's quick, too. So you have this like these two long songs at the towards the end, and then that another quick, quick one to like yeah. kind of snap it right back in place to where it first started, if you will. Um, I, I guess I'm going to kind of take it back. Like there's Every song in this album is really good. Um, you know, just going over my notes, I was just like, well, Every song I just there was something about the song I really fucking enjoyed. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that's every song is really good. There's some that are like completely like really epic. I think like front to back, and yeah. then like you say, like the good ones. There's probably like there's things that are like you find really. Yeah, and it was just great to listen to it and from start to finish. I feel like if I went to pull this album apart a little bit to find like my favorite song, it might not work some of the the songs that we're playing today are probably the ones that kind of like stick out to where it's like of course i'm gonna fucking put on you know a uh, horizon of chaos yeah. 2 again I gotta hear yeah, yeah. Uh, of course i'm gonna put it on an autopsy because i can't get that, that fucking yeah i can't get that fucking fucking parts out of my head um you know a lot of the research i did today was uh just listening to interviews with uh michael uh keen and um you know, a lot of the uh, member changes was when I when I read about like all the member changes and people just in and out of the band and how vague the fucking uh, Wikipedia was when it was just like oh, this guy left and fucking put out a media statement. And then listening to some of these interviews that were poorly done, <laughs> a bit. A bit. I, it was like the start of the internet with a lot of these interviews. It was like 2012 and stuff. Yeah. Whatever. You know, it's like the editing process wasn't so great. Okay, yeah. so take it for what it is. Um, but uh, he had a drug problem, apparently. Isn't huh. that weird? Became addicted to drugs, and it became a problem in the band. Uh, Michael Keane. I didn't know that. And just kind of like fell into a bit of like uh, depression and, and had to go to rehab and get through it and... and some of the band statements that they were leaving kind of said like, oh, we left because he wasn't going to finish the album of a side project I was going to do, uh, according to the bass player, the original bass player. And um, stuff like that. And then him, you know, going a long time with doing these drugs, uh, finally got clean and everything. And then it was like... This was before, the, the, this was the media kind of... Nah, this is like down the career. So like oh. after this album, it changes up, I think the lineup changes a little bit like the singer but it goes like that for five years and then you know just touring and constantly making albums and i guess this is how you get addicted to drugs and he came from a good home how did this happen a good decent home uh he's a musician i don't know we're just we're like sharks and we have to eat fish or some shit like that um <laughs> drugs we have to eat drugs because that's what we are um but uh you know, a lot of it fell apart, and then uh, 
the media kind of went out and like kind of like was like oh this guy's fucked up on drugs or like don't don't try to do an interview with the uh this band because they can't even show up to a gig on time and stuff mm. like that and you know one thing was like their fucking bus break or their van breaking down and yeah taking forever to get yes. it going and then getting there as fast as possible and only able to play like four songs you know what i mean and they they were trying but it wasn't it's because he was like, like on drugs yeah. but they're they're like the band's fighting that guy's a drug addict you know and it's like you get not really the fucking story so much so it's like i was doing drugs and it really didn't affect too much until kind of the end where he wasn't really communicating with people around him mm-hmm. okay that's a given you know you're not isolating yeah you're kind of yeah. isolating yourself and you, you therefore you isolate the people around you so but getting clean and everything is the craziest part to where after he got sober for like you know six months after so- being sober it's like the media starts to attack him and mm-hmm. everyone's like oh this band bunch of junkies the, yeah. yeah then you don't get booked then yeah you don't start getting, and it starts to give you that little yeah. it's a it's a tarnish on your reputation yeah, exactly, you know it's yeah. like mm, and it sucks because it's no one's fault you know like why would you blame these people and it's come on like to really i don't know kind of seems the media is an asshole fucking thing and yeah it's, it's its own thing crazy so. so um you just gotta learn how to play it so it's in the interview when he was talking about his drug use again i just wanted to hit the interviewee or the <laughs> interviewer <laughs> and um i was like what drugs what drugs was he doing can you guess can you just make a, a guess california uh, uses drugs he's in a death metal band what drug does that sound like sounds like, like speed maybe it, yeah, yeah it sounds like methamphetamines yeah. but then in a part of the interview he was like i was so stoned out of my mind and i was like that's a speed freak would never say stoned and heroin yeah you playing that music on heroin or it turns out it was weed the whole time. It's like he had a, he smoked a lot of weed. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> I mean, some people weed. do go to rehab for it. So it's if painkillers, who knows? Yeah, maybe painkillers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Opiates are son of a bitch. Um, I was gonna guess speed, but when he said yeah. stoned, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I never got Using stoned just an off of methamphetamines. Word for you know some some old slang. Some old slang vernacular for it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's that's sad to hear, but I'm glad that he's, you know, clean, sober. Yeah, and just came out with like a an album, I believe. Fuck, we should have done our research say, better. I have it pulled up here. I can look at the disc. Yeah, let's see when their uh, album. I think it was uh, becoming a ghost or something like that. Uh, uh, uh. Come on, Chris. That's right. We yeah. can edit this out, right? Yep. In be- in becoming a ghost, and that was 2017, that right. and they had so, four albums in total spanning from 2006 to 2017. Took a bit of a break there, though. I mean, 20, that five two, year break, yeah, yeah, 2006, 2008, this, and then, this is during the time of like trying to get shit back together, and yeah, this third album not being so well received by fans, yeah. so. It's like four years from that one, five years. I tried to so do a like, research on these albums. Like the third album, again, I can't say the fucking album names, uh, but that one, there was a lot the of stuff on one. that one. A lot of reviews done Auto on this the- album. Autotheism. A lot, a lot more to talk about there when it comes to this album, mm-hmm. and a lot more to talk about uh, in becoming a ghost oh. uh, because, uh, again, taking that five-year break from 2012 to 2017. So they're back. Uh, believe they're back on tour. They're just. You know, you just say, like, um, 
stay focused and uh, keep your eye on the goal. You know, there's going to oh. be obstacles, especially uh, just being a band this young still. I yeah. Know 13 years is Only not four albums. a long time for being a band. So that so might detour, uh, detour some musicians when you hear that. It's like, dude, it really does take a long time to just be that kind of status, you know? Yeah. A boom, like, oh, everyone's heard of the Faceless. Maybe you've never heard their music, but you see their name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone knows of Cannibal Chorus, but again, you have 50 years. I don't know how long they've been around for. Uh, 30 years, and that was like 2015, so, you know, 35 years. Looks like uh, their record company, uh, Sumerian, I believe, I guess they, they did all their records. Well, their first record, uh, the one we're talking about today, was was a one record deal signing. Oh, okay. And so it was just kind of like, it wasn't a lot to uh, put on a brand new band, especially them being all kids and not like a huge weight being like four deal contract or record deal contract. If the second record fails, you're fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're going to start, yeah, it's not going to be a good thing. You're going to have to pay back a lot of money that you didn't make and that they invested into you. So just, you know, sign to that one record deal in the first start. Let's see how the record does. And yeah, them kind of just getting a touring manager and kind of putting together tours. And all you really needed was a little bit of money to record in a a distributor. And that's it. Looks like that's what happened. It's an American label, but they've also signed Between the Buried and Me and uh, a few other of these just sort of like real technical metal bands. Right. You know, so. They know how to like market it. They know how to sell it, you know. Yeah. it looks like they did all of their albums, so yeah, I probably did that whole like book you on the first one, see how it does, you know, okay, it becomes this little cult hit in the in the scene, right, okay, sold a few couple thousand or whatever hard copies will give you more money to actually fund the next one because I do remember when the second album came out it definitely had more of a marketing push the day you know it was in yeah, magazine covers you can see what they did with so or, little money now let's see what you can do with a little bit yeah, more we'll yeah. give you some marketing money we'll we'll put you in the revolvers we'll do all these yeah. sort of things to push your band but then that album you know I don't know if it got as much acclaim quite as this one I personally remember the change in style happening so I kind of like was like hmm you know, I wasn't feeling it as much as this album. Yeah, I'm but. pretty sure a lot of uh, diehard fans, um, please uh, comment if Die I'm hearts. wrong here. You know, but um, this is probably like people's favorite album. No, I, of fans? theirs, I would of, probably of say. I would, I would guess. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, again, there's not a lot to go out on uh, other than like uh, we could have deep dived a little bit more into the interviews and just kind of listened into what uh, Michael had to say and some stories that kind of uh, kind of uh, arise from there, you know what I mean? It's what a lot of the Wikipedia pages are always built after. It's like, I saw an interview and this is what he said in the interview, so it yeah. must be true, you know what I mean? It looks like it got really good reviews, that second album. Uh, you know, nine. Well, pushing him for a third. So... But again, taking a long time to get to the third as well. Um, yeah, for real. Two thousand and eight. Yeah, four year gap. And and in that time frame, like you thought, bands had to come out with albums like Vags every back, year. Yeah. yeah. You don't I mean, take four time, years. No. There was like bands playing like touring for yeah. years off just well, one album. So some of the fun, uh, like I got like a little, a few quotes. I uh, got a little bit. I got a. I got to know him a little bit. You know, <laughs> Michael uh, Keen. Got to listening, know. Him. You know. 
just listening to interviews and he was saying how like um if he gave advice to anyone in a band he would say uh, don't do an ep it's a waste of time mm. people don't take you serious and people being people in the uh, music industry saying like you just can't do like a full-length album or like what you know so that that's where his head was going but again this is more like being in the time frame of um albums kind of fading away and that's pretty that's really sad because we this podcast is about albums and if albums how people are talking like just go away and people don't make albums anymore that's could be really sad but maybe in this podcast we can try to encourage people to keep the idea alive of a mm -hmm. full-length album and what that means is when you start the album and when you listen all the way through that that's has everything to do with each song that's on the album, you know, it's the, it's it's just as important as the songs on the album. Is yeah. what I'm trying to say. But each the order form, the the length, how mm. they connect with each other, the concept of some albums, it really I, does add another layer, a uh, level of detail and layer. You know. Yeah, I like full length. I also, I mean, I do. I see the argument in that, like well, not if, getting taken seriously. But I also instead of an like EP, EPs. Yeah, instead of an EP, maybe pull out a song every month one song you'll constantly That's, be delivering material and having something for someone uh, to listen to and you're at you're not yeah. asking a lot from audience to just you, listen you to just one have song to deliver it like pretty frequently because <clears throat> i hate Maybe it have them like recorded songs and, and then just put them out one by one yeah I hate and then at the end of like, that put them all together to make the album something <laughs> like that i mean i i don't like when it's the spacing this too far and it's one song it's like that's too much it's like bad enough when it's like a whole like album like eight songs and then you wait four years for the next one it's worse enough when it's one song and then you're waiting six months or whatever the fuck three months for the next one song that's like ugh. well maybe if you were ahead of schedule you just put one song out each month and at the end of the, the length of the cd you put out the entire album yeah. and then do it all over again a song a month and then november put out the whole album for december yeah <laughs> and then get back to work in December, yeah. Or at the beginning of the year to yeah, do it all over again. Yeah, because yeah. you've already released it at your, your – yeah. it's already done at the beginning of the year. Just so always be on 11 tracks. You're always so ahead you of have, schedule. Yeah. Like you're ahead of yourself in the release. Do it like that. Yeah. If that's where, you know, the idea of music and how people listen to it. and uh, I think that's how, like, hip-hop is, you know, kind of worked it's out. It's very like, track. It's, you know, You make these SoundCloud. songs two years ago that are just sitting in a vault waiting to come out when your album comes out. Cause if you release it as a single, it's like blew yeah. your load in a sense. Again, so. DJs, uh, you're able just to play one track that from too. a band. Uh, you don't play, you'll play multiple songs from a, a single band, but it will be spread out through the night. You know, yeah, you're not back to back tracks like you would on an album. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, kind of see it like that in some ways as well. But, um, I guess, uh, please, uh, smash like just headbutt the fucking follow button and you know uh follow us on all the platforms uh we stream this podcast on every platform you can find it anywhere um we use spot i use spotify this guy doesn't use spotify yeah, uh, apple music or whatever um i use like a weird podcast app so we're on itunes though we're on all that yeah, you can stuff. Google you, us. You Find can, us on Instagram. You can literally any podcast app that has like a, a at search. Bangover thing. Productions. Yeah. You find us on the social medias. On the Facebooks. On the Instagram. Bangover Productions. 
on the we don't have Twitter. No, no. not yet. Not if yet. You want, if you want that, we can. But <laughs> uh, YouTube, YouTube at Over Productions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got a bunch of stuff we're about to put out. All these bands from the last show we did. Uh, another Paleo set. We got um, who was the Bloodhammer set? We're gonna put mm-hmm. up. And then another Flooded Tomb set. Oh, that's us. Yep. That's me and you. We're in that right. band. And uh, again, I'm Scott Allen. You can follow me at Scott One Three Three Allen. Uh, uh, Instagram, I think that's the right handler. Just type in Scott Allen. Uh, uh, there can't be yeah. Scott Allen one three three. How many Scott Allens? <laughs> how many? How many could there be? Come on, uh, Chris Myers, yeah. as always. And uh, thanks, Joel. And again, we're gonna end it on a death metal song because <laughs> we're just doing a death metal. We're doing heavy November. Oh, yeah, the, so this November is pretty heavy. It's last pretty November heavy. was uh, all industrial. Like industrial. Yeah. This November is pretty like. It's going to be very death metal, very heavy, very just driving thrash (laughs) bands. A lot of, we got some thrash bands, a little bit of, we'll give you some stuff that we can't not, not do. Like maybe some cure disintegration, just a little bonus episode. And uh, next month, guess what? I planned it all out. I didn't tell you. I want to tell you right here. Uh, Oh, shit. A a ton of punk rock. Oh, really? Yeah. So next month's the month of punk. Mm, All punk next month. December punk. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, y'all. Ghost of a Stranger.